0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Welcome to the WayStation. To ensure travelers' safety and comfort, please deposit your baggage at the door. The WayStation encourages open discussions. All stories are also accepted. Rest from your journey through life. Enjoy your stay, and please come again. Welcome right, back good. to the Way Station. I'm your host, Stephanie. I am your only host today. Dave and Megan were unable to make it today. So we're just moving forward and rocking out with you. Uh well, you're rocking out with me, I guess. Um and my guest today is Mike Watson of Freestyle Comics. Hey Mike, how's it going?
1: Uh, it's going good. How are you doing?
0: Good. Take two, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, I swear it's to god, I've
1: be been looking forward
0: to it. Yeah, we you know, we were just saying if it's not something, it's, you know, if it's not one thing, it's the other thing. So, uh funny story, we started recording and uh I had a something happen with the board over here and we had to restart. So, I apologize um to Mike because now we have to rehash some stuff, but uh luckily I, it was only a couple minutes in.
1: So, yay. <laughs> No big deal. It's life. We're going to roll with it. Well, and
0: one of the things that I forgot to do um, was have you kind of introduce yourself and what you do um, so that people who might not know who you are are uh, like in the know.
1: Oh, no problem. So uh, I'm Mike Watson. I am the publisher for Short Fuse Media Group. I'm the owner of Freestyle Comics and Lead Creative over there, self-publisher of comics. I do a podcast called Dear Creators. Also, co-host of a podcast called The Good, The Bad, and the Nerdy. I've been told I'm the most enthusiastic person in comics, and uh, I'm very passionate about this craft and geekdom.
0: I, I'm pretty sure you are the most passionate person uh, in comics. I, I've seen you, um, I've seen you in action, and it's pretty impressive. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you very much. It's it's fun to do things that you enjoy severely.
0: Absolutely. I mean, comics, you know, there are ups and downs in comics, but you know, as long as you're still having fun doing it, then you're doing the right thing. And that's, you know, that's the important thing to remember. I think sometimes people are like, oh, doing comics must always, you know, be fun. And e-. it's not, it's not always fun and it's not easy, but if you love it, it's totally worth it.
1: <laughs> right. That's um, my motto. I've compared some of the ups and downs i had at my uh nine to five job back when i was a uh unit manager for gc services and you know uh, there was a lot of days i did not want to go into work or you know i powered through it just to get it over with and couldn't wait to get home but nothing that i faced at that job that got me down can compare to any like bad moment in comics because at the end of the day i'm still I'm still in the art field. I'm still making art. I'm still teaching art. I'm still making comic books. So um I never feel like it's work when I do it.
0: Right. No, and that's awesome. That that's how it should be. And like I said, in my opinion, that's how it should be. Um so yeah, um, what's been going on um with you? It's been a little while since we've chatted. You were on the show previously. I think it, gosh, it was probably a couple of years ago.
1: Yeah. Time yeah, flies, it's been a man. Bit of time. <laughs> Time. Yeah, it does. It does. It doesn't feel like it. Um, so dealing with, uh, you know, we, we've had a, we've hit a few bumps in the road, some potholes with short fuse media, trying to rectify that ship as best as we can in, a, in, in the time that we can make those things happen and power through it. Um, working with Freestyle Comics editor-in-chief Danny Cooper, trying to get our books, um, figure out a plan to get our books out in a more timely manner while still, you know, making it affordable for everybody. Um, and, um, cause we have about six titles that we're putting out right now, um, with a new one in the works. And we have a few books that are in the hole, And, you know, we, we kind of just sat down looking at things and like, what's the most effective way that we can put out these books that keep our audience happy, but also us as creators happy at the same time. So kind of finding that, that give and take with it. Right. Um. And so we come up with a few different plans and stuff that may involve Patreon um, going back. Cause we have yet to release the trade for hotshot or vigilance and they are trade ready. Um, so and it's, it's, because comics is more than just drawing pretty pictures and telling an amazing story. Um, that's what, <laughs> that's the, that's at its core. And once you get past the passion of doing those two things, you realize it's a business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sometimes, even though you have the content ready and the content's ready to launch, it may not be in your best effort just to put it out immediately because it's done and ready or Mm -hmm. whatnot. Right. Um, So, we want to figure out what's going to service us best as a studio and work um, best for our our content and our fan base. Uh, Planning and plotting um, the show, our appearances this year, we've started adding to our um, event list on our Freestyle Comics page, and they are stacking up. Uh, getting ready for GalaxyCon Richmond in two weeks, and then I'll be at uh, I'll be a featured panelist there, and I'll be a featured panelist at Wizard World Cleveland the following weekend. Tons of stuff, tons of stuff. I was going to <clears>
0: say, you always you're always busy, which I mean, it, it's that's it's good, but it's also it's it can be exhausting, but you keep you keep going like the Energizer Bunny.
1: <laughs> I got you. Um, I, I I jokingly. I tossed around the idea of I'm just gonna quit making comics and just go back to working at a nine to five job and my wife said I'll kill you <laughs> 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 We didn't we, we didn't go through all this stuff for you to give up on comics now. <laughs> I right. Like, I, was just, I was just playing damn
0: <laughs> I like your wife. I haven't met her but I like her <laughs> Sassy
1: <laughs> Yeah. Uh she she's she all about that time wasting.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I respect that. I respect that. Um, so we well, were talking about, you know, the business end of comics and how, you know, it's having a plan, especially, and and, and I know the frustration of this because, you know, I've, Obviously, I work in comics, too, um, on, you know, just like I don't have my own publishing company. But, you know, like I'm I understand, you know, planning on when things should come out and getting things to people in a timely fashion. But how it's not always possible and, you know, trying to do your hardest to to keep people reading and interested and not forget. Because one of the things that um, I I do another podcast with Tom Hutchinson uh, called uh, Another Page Turner, and we talked about. Comics keep moving, man. You know, and if you're not always working in comics, it's very easily to get it's it's easy to get swept like swept away almost by the new stuff that's coming out. If you're not always putting something out in front of people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It can be uh Yeah,
1: that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly right. And that's um um several things that what I didn't realize uh Victor, Danny, and I and were doing already with stuff um, just on our own, going to comic conventions and stuff, and then actually getting with short views and seeing how those dots were connecting on the business end of things. I think uh, one of the biggest things that a lot of creators, creatives, have to understand, despite wanting to get out as much content as they want, is that there are over 7 billion people on this planet. And all seven billion people do not have your number one issue. Mm-hmm. That number one issue is still a seller. That number one issue still moves. Um, and you, you, you know, you have to find comfort in that and be able to say like, I got one book out right now. Um, let me push that and you know figure out the best way to come out with the next issue, even if I can't get that next issue out because of a delay or or something like that or whatever reason. You're not your hands aren't tied. You know what I'm saying? You can still find a way to move around that and make it happen right. or making yourself, making yourself present on social media and being active, uh, not just in the light of, Hey, let me promote these. Let me promote my book and tell people to buy myself, but actually acting and engaging uh, within the community of geekdom is how you find a way to stay relevant and stay on people's minds and things like that.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, and your podcast, um, uh, I, I haven't – was it, I wasn't on Dear Creative. I was on um your other the podcast. The Good, the Bad, and the Yeah, and that was a while mm-hmm. back, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought you guys did a great job with the show, and it, it, you guys talk about a lot of, like, relevant stuff. And I think, you know, I've been podcasting, oh, gosh, for – longer than I've been working in comics. <laughs> uh, this, this is kind of what, this is how I got into comics because I was going to conventions and interviewing people for my show. And now <laughs> here I am, you know, five, six years later, you know, doing the same thing as the people who I was, you know, lifting up earlier. But I really enjoyed your show. And I think that, you know, doing things like that, as you said, does keep you relevant in the community. And it does show that, you know, it's rough when people are like when you feel like somebody's always selling at you, but when you mm-hmm. and, and you know there there are certain people that do that, and that's fine. It's not the way that I choose to be either. Um you know, I'd rather be a part of a community, and so I really appreciate that yeah. about you, because it's yes, we want to sell like we love our books, like we want to sell them, but you guys are like my family. And my my big nerdy family. So it's more than just, <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, we want to sell stuff. But, you know, you guys are my friends and my family. And I don't, you know, I want to engage and be a part of that.
1: Absolutely. Um, that is, I mean, I couldn't have said that better. That's, that's exactly it. Um, for example, um, as I'm scrolling through, because I, I do kind of like a couple hours on social media to help get my engagement up, finding things to participate in and figure out clever little questions I can ask the community. And as I'm scrolling, I pass your version that Ty, Dave, and Ariel have made of you and their wrestling game. (laughs) So like you, you can't, you can't beat that type of press. Like when I, when I opened up my Facebook and then I see this image of me, Ren and Victor, Excuse me, <clears throat> that Todd Davis created and we are tag a, a tag team, triple team, in W two K twenty. That's like that's awesome. And he tagged us in it and like he likes making his family of creators, creatives in this geek community that he he loves, that he hangs out with, that he goes to shows, with he likes making them and put them in this wrestling game. And dude, I mean that that kind of stuff is fun. That kind of stuff is awesome. And um, that doesn't come from just pushing your product on somebody. That comes from an an established community, relationship and friendship. Um, like you said, where you are where you consider these people your family. Um so uh, a lot of that helps. A lot of that helps. And you know, you you get like I could I could have did that. I've done that before, and I, but it it means more when somebody else thinks that much of you and they put you in the game to play with their other characters.
0: I I know, and I I was happy that uh, he he did that because I mean apparently me and Casey are a tag team, and I was like, well, man, like we're gonna we're gonna beat every other tag team. I mean, with Casey on my team, I mean, how couldn't we win? <laughs> She's tough, mm-hmm. man, <laughs> and I'm tall, right. and uh, I I could make it work for me somehow. <laughs> I would figure it out. <laughs> I'm not that strong, but I could figure it out. <laughs> but you're you're absolutely right and you know it's uh it's such a great community to be in and it's one that I've felt more at home in um than i've ever felt at home in like my entire life because you know we're not only it's other creators or you know you know people who like we've just met at cons and became friends with we're all kind of like in this we have similar likes you know we're all kind of like nerding out over something and there's like a passion and this like energy and there's very little negativity um it does happen mm-hmm. but you know as with any gr- large group of people it will happen but i've had more so many more positive experiences um with people and other creators than i have negative so um it just it's really nice it it feels like this if it, it does feel like when i say my con family like i mean that <laughs> these people yeah. are my family you know and i think some people you know when they hear that they don't really understand like what we mean by that but we we've all kind of bonded together, and it's really it's really something special.
1: Um, <clears> oh, <throat> absolutely! Um, the the experience and feeling of you know getting to see people at different comic book conventions, conventions um, when you haven't seen them for like you know six months, and then we run up and we give each other big big ass hugs, and you know the you know the after dinner that we have when we you know are at the show after the show we go have food and we hang out or whatnot. All this stuff is awesome. <laughs> yeah um, and a really good experience <laughs> to have uh you know supporting each other online sharing things participating in discussions and stuff like that getting in debates um it's it's all fun stuff uh, uh one guy uh, his name is chad and he uh, <clears throat> he always gets uh comics and art for me whenever he sees me at a show and, and mm-hmm. but then he comes to my table and like he hangs out all weekend and to some people that would be bothersome because you're trying to sell stuff. But to me, it's not. Like, I go to comic conventions to make relationships, to give people an experience, uh, to hang out and have a good time. Um, to right. me, a comic book convention is nothing but promotion and building your audience. And the way that you build your audience is by interacting with people. You don't just have people buy something then, and then leave. Um, but over the over the years, he's hung out at my tables, and we've got into super crazy debates. <laughs> um, but the thing is, we don't always agree on everything, but him and I have been able to have these discussions and we may not have been able to change either person's mind, but we've been able to understand each other's perspective and move on without, you know, hurting anybody's feelings or, or saying, I don't want to talk to that guy anymore. He's an a-hole or anything like that. We, we, we respect each other's opinions. Um, mm-hmm. and just recently he hit me up on, messenger and asked me if i had some time he wanted to toss around an idea that he had for making a webcomic we ended up talking for like an hour and a half about the webcomic and different ideas and stuff like that and just like being accessible and being you know being a part of that like it was fun to sit there and talk to him about his idea and try to and try to help you know give him some concepts or some 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 advice on what he can and what he should not it was you know and we got that we got there because of one meeting at a comic book convention
0: mhm that's how that's how these beautiful relationships start it's it's so it's so awesome i love it it's <laughs> it it's so cool i've met some of the nicest people and you know like i said these people are my family and i appreciate it um one of the questions i and this just popped into my head but i had been thinking about it when i knew you were coming on the show you do uh, like you do a lot of panels um when you do your conventions and you're clearly a very outgoing person so like do you ever get nervous and like how much do you prepare when you go up for for a panel i've done them myself i'm incredibly nervous i don't do well in front of people and i don't necessarily prepare so i'm always like looking for advice from people who do it better than me
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. um well thank you very much i appreciate that (laughs) so it depends on what the panel is um when i'm doing my indie panel where i'm talking about like the Uh, The ups and downs of making comics. uh, I don't have to do a lot of prep work for that because I've lived that and experienced it. So I can talk about it fluently um, just off the top of my head or whatnot. But when I'm doing my uh, diversity panel, uh, which I'm doing at Wizard World and at GalaxyCon, um, I I prepare numbers. I do research. uh, uh, So the whole thing with that panel is, is that is diversity being done correctly in mainstream pop culture and comic books and stuff like that, or is it does it need to be rectified? And so one of the examples I provide is that Marvel launched a book called Mosaic, which is a book put together by two well-known creators of color, uh, one of them being Cary uh, Randolph. Um, and this character in the book is a character of color. He's the main character. He's a brand new character. He was placed with all the other mainstream superheroes. He was in all the advertisements. He was in the big summer event. Basically, if you were reading comic books at this time, especially Marvel comic books, there was no way you did not hear about or see this new character that everyone keeps saying that we need to make. Stop changing the color and race of other characters, the race and gender of other characters. Just make new characters. Well, that's exactly what Marvel did. So I had to look up those numbers for book sales. Right, I had to look up those numbers to figure that uh, to to be able to back up my argument that it's not just a simple thing of making new characters under these two big houses of comic books. Uh, these IPs are millions and millions of dollars invested over seventy five years. You 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 can't just pop that out, and even if you did, the chances of that being successful is a roll of the dice. Which Mosaic wasn't successful. It's it it's number one issue. Sold thirty eight thousand copies. The you want the number one book that sold the same month that Mosaic came out sold over five hundred thousand copies.
0: Wow! Do you know what
1: that book was? No. It was the sequel to Big Trouble in Little China. What? That was the number one selling comic book the month that Mosaic came out with his number one issue. That's crazy. The number two selling book. Yeah, the number two selling book that month was uh, Champions. And Champions is nothing but a book of legacy characters. And this is what everybody is saying that we hate, that we don't want to see in comic books. This is the exact opposite of what we want. But with our dollars, we are telling Marvel, no, that's what we want. Keep giving us legacy characters. (laughs) So if I'm a company with millions of dollars and all these IPs, why would I invest more money in new characters if the legacy characters and the sequel to Big Trouble in Little China is what's selling?
0: Right. No, you're, ab- um,
1: so, you're absolutely right. <laughs> so um, that's kind of like the discussion we have, but I'm not able to have that discussion or have those points. And, you know, it's not just about, like, proving an argument in those type of things. It's also about, like, getting them involved and making them knowledgeable because uh, the way to affect Marvel and DC is stop spending money with them. I mean, I'm not saying like, well, I'm not saying that, but hurt them in their pockets. If you're not liking the content that they're providing, then don't buy that content. Obviously, if you like what they're making, then buy it. But if you start going somewhere else and enough people go to these other outlets, trust me, they're going to know. And they're going to investigate and they're going to inquire and they're gonna say, well, why are they buying these comics versus the comics we're putting out? Oh, because these are original, diverse characters? And they're not just hammed together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I say that loosely because, you know, the the people that created Mosaic, they don't own Mosaic. Marvel owns Mosaic. So honestly, realistically, how much time are we really going to put into a character that we don't specifically own for a Big House when we don't really get to co- make all the calls and decisions on what happens with that character? Right. Um, and that's been kind of brought to more light to me because recently I got introduced into the comic called excellence um which carrie randolph is one of the artists he is the artist on that book but that book's through skybound so they can do whatever they want and the difference between skybound and mosaic is light years stephanie it is effing light years i mean like as soon as i got i wasn't even done reading the book i read like the first five pages and i immediately tweeted carrie randolph and said you are giving me new life with this damn book as a comic fan and as a creator, because like, this is what I wanted to see in mosaic. And it kind of just gets you more thinking like, well, how much pool or control did they actually have over that mosaic title versus being a skybound. And I'm sure they can do whatever they want because it's image comics. They own the book, not image. Right.
0: Yeah, it does. I think it makes, that makes a pretty big difference. <laughs> I mean, in my opinion, again.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, I I respect your opinion very highly.
0: (laughs) So, well, and that makes sense. And like, you know, having to do research for different types of panels, because like you just said, I mean, having numbers to back up. I mean, especially when we're talking about diversity in comics, I mean, everything that you just said and with those sales numbers, you're 100 percent. I mean, that's so right that we are we're basically voting on what we want with our money. And so if people want more things of any type of nature, then they they got to vote with their money. And it's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. But I mean, especially when we're talking about the big two, that's just kind of how that's going to go um, in indie comics. I mean, people write what they want to write because we can. Um, but I think that there's a, a lot more diversity and a lot more um Unique stories out there in, in indie comics than there are in the big two. I think that, um, it's because we're all able to, we're all writing what we want to write for the most part. Not, there are mm-hmm. some people that might be writing for other people or whatever, but I'm just saying like in general, if you're independently published or you're with a smaller publisher, you're writing what you want to write. So you're going to get um, just a lot more diversity and interesting characters and interesting stories and, and things that you probably uh, aren't going to find elsewhere. Again, in my opinion. I always like to like make sure well, uh, I throw that out there so nobody's like, you know, she said it like it was a fact. No, it's my opinion. Hmm. <laughs> so there. No,
1: yeah, we, we have to always make those uh, clarifications.
0: hmm I don't want anybody coming after me with like, you know, Torches and pitchforks. (laughs) Right right right. now, I could use a few torches. I'm in Michigan. It's cold as hell and it's windy. So, torches would actually be kind of a cool thing, but I'm anti pitchfork. So, leave the pitchforks at home and bring me fire. (laughs) But you know, you're in Ohio. So, you know, you know how it is this time of year. It's trash.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it just started snowing here. I'm like, we're almost out of winter and you're just now snowing. Mm hmm.
0: It's because February lasts forever and winter never really it goes does. away. <laughs> I swear to God, <laughs> it's you know the problems of being in the, in the Midwest during this type of uh, season. But um, so you said, what was the right. next convention that you were going to be at?
1: Uh, I'll be at GalaxyCon Richmond, uh, February twenty eighth through March first, and the very next weekend I will be at Wizard World Cleveland. Um, I'm also at Jim's. City, April 22nd. I'm at the Ohio Toy and Comic Show July 11th. And then I just have a bunch of uh, mini events, like movie. Uh, I'll be setting up at movie premieres with Victor Dandridge. I'll be doing um, uh, just got the schedule for the video game release parties I'm doing for GameStop. and um, still looking for more conventions to add to the list.
0: <laughs> well, look at you go. I'm tired just thinking about it i <laughs> But that's good, no, and I love that about you. You're always you're always doing something, and and that, you know, you're always fully supporting indie comics, and you're a champion for that. And that's it's such a beautiful thing, and we need more of that. Um, and before we wrap up, I've got a question for you in regards to doing conventions, because this is something, um, and and I don't ask everybody this because some people I just already know their opinions, and some people's opinions, I'm just like, well, whatever, <laughs> eh, But I'm gonna ask you this, so. And you've been, <laughs> you've been doing this longer than I have. And one of the things that I've noticed, um, doing conventions is how exhausting they are. Um, <laughs> uh, it, I mean, you know, it's like you're, you're talking, you're on your feet all weekend. And yes, it's fun, but it's, you know, you're still working. You still have, you know, you, you're still there putting yourself out there, putting a lot of emotional energy into your job. Um, do you, because you tend to do a lot of conventions. Now, some people that I know do less conventions and try to do like either A, more signings, or B, uh, supplement convention appearances with online stores. For you, what do you think is the why do you think doing like a face to face convention, like going to an actual comic convention and setting up, um, is so important?
1: Uh, that's a great question. Uh, she. it is important because nobody knows who the hell you are. Um, and quite honestly, no one's going to buy your book. There's a very, let me correct myself, there's a very small percentage of people that are going to buy your book on the sole basis of the art. Uh, and let's be honest, the art is the first thing that everyone picks up and notice first. That's mm-hmm. what's going to draw your attention to the book before they even get to see what the story is. Um, so that percentage of people that will say or see online or see at a store or walk past your table and say, oh, that shit looks cool, let me buy it, is small, especially because they don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. So what we have learned through the years of selling comic books is that people will buy something from you, whether it's good or not, because they like you. And mm-hmm. in all honestly, you need that. You need the people that will buy it just because they like you whether they like it or not, and the people that are going to buy it because they love it. You need both of those audiences. Um, so when you go to a comic convention you have these face-to-faces, you have to learn and understand how to pitch your book to different types of people. You've got to be able to pitch during a hard sale and during a soft sale. You've got to be able to – because you're selling yourself. That's, that's the thing. You're selling yourself to these people who have never met you. And once they like you or are entertained by you or enjoy or laugh at a joke or something that you said, then they're willing – they're more comfortable and they're more willing to spend their money with you. Then they spend their money with you, and what you want to happen is that they like, oh, shit, I love this book. This is actually really good. And so they can further talk about it. Now, there's a – you know versus somebody that just sits at their table – with their book sitting there and they, they barely talk to anyone and their heads down because they're into their commissions and someone says, oh, well, this looks really cool. I'll buy it from you. Well, they're not really going to talk about that experience. They're not really going to push it. And I'm not saying it's not possible, but the chances of it is low because there wasn't an experience. They gave you some money. They picked up a book because they thought it was cool. Yeah, they may like it or whatnot, but what are the chances of them invoking or speaking for you to other people like, hey, I got this book and it's pretty awesome. You should check it out. And right. those are the type of things that you want to happen. You want to build up your audience you want people to be enthusiastic about you. You want people to cheer for you. You want people to be able to stand beside you when you're out here on these comic book conventions because that's going to spread like wildfire if you're consistent with it. And that's how you develop your online audience so people are just going to buy your book at the store because you want both of those. You want both of those things.
0: Absolutely. That was that was an, an awesome answer. Of course I should have expected an awesome answer, but <laughs> but I got one and so that's good. No, and you know I I've, I've talked about this um Like I said, on my other, I, I do another show where we talk in depth, uh, me and Tom about, you know, industry stuff. So for people who are trying to either break in or, um, you know, want to learn how to self publish that kind of thing. And we've talked about conventions and how they're important, um, and how tiring they are and how sometimes it makes sense to back off on doing conventions. And sometimes it makes sense to be doing more. So, um, you know, I was curious as to your thoughts on that because you are always out there hustling. You are always, I'm always seeing you, you know, posting videos from another convention. Like you're always, you know, working really hard. So, you know, of course, I had to ask you that question. It's
1: <laughs> it's important. Oh, <laughs> no problem at all. Okay, you and you're absolutely right. Conventions can get very tiring. Um, and then, like, so with um, <laughs> and a lot of times, some people don't realize that when you're at a convention, it's it's a it's a full it's a full time gig plus the overtime. Because at the convention, there's a whole different environment and workload that you do at the convention. But after the convention, there's even more. That's, that's building up these relationships even more by hanging out, going to the after-party event, um, going to dinner with people, um, just because you're kicking it because you want to be there and um, experience this thing. But a lot of deals and relationships are made after the show are made at those type of venues and things like that because it's a relaxed environment and people are going to hang out and talk shop, talk business, talk about, you know, what they do or complain about it. Or maybe this is uh, a chance for you to pitch an idea or uh, build a a new work relationship. Like, hey, I really like your stuff. I didn't want to really bother you while you were at the table working. But if you don't mind, can I talk to you about this project I have in my head? Like all that stuff happens there.
0: Absolutely. No, it's I've had some of my my best uh, experiences with people at conventions. So yeah, I mean, it, it really is a whole it's a whole other thing. But it and it is really tiring. But at the end of the day, you're right. You know, people, you got to be out there. You nobody is going to pitch your work or care about your work like you do. So if you're out there and you're doing it. And you're, you know, just being your lovely self and talking about comics and, you know, pop culture and whatever and just having a good time. I mean, I think, you know, people see that and um, when they see that kind of passion and that kindness in people, it, it makes a huge difference. So, yeah, I, I agree with you that, you know, definitely uh, meeting people face to face and just being your lovely self. It's <laughs> a good thing. <laughs> um, we are just about out of time, but if anybody um, wants to like contact you, like do you have a website they can find you at or on social media?
1: Oh yeah, I got tons of social media. So uh, if they want to get any of the books that I work on and make with the many amazing creatives uh, that I work with under Short Fuse, you can go to our website, uh, shortfusemediagroup dot com. Uh, if you are looking specifically for freestyle comic books, uh, we have our own section on the store. And when you purchase any of those books, I always try to give people this hint. If you buy the, the printed physical copy, you get the digital copy free and we provide free digital swag with every single one of those FSK purchases. It could be original music inspired by hotshot wallpapers or screensavers or, you know, poster art or anything like that. Um, you can catch me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook as Art of Mike Watson, uh, freestyle comic, at Freestyle Comics, and uh catches on Facebook, The Good, The Bad, and The Nerdy. Also, the secondary podcast that I do, which is Dear Creatives on YouTube, and yeah, yeah, that's it. That's all of it.
0: <laughs> that's it? Oh my gosh. No. <laughs> Well, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on, Mike. It was really nice getting to catch up with you and um, see how everything's going. Um, and it's so great to have you back on our like this is our first regularly scheduled uh, way station recording in like forever. So um, I appreciate you helping me ease back into it.
1: <laughs> no problem. Thank you. I'm uh, always excited to be on here. Um, and that's, that's part of the thing I want to get on. I want to do more shows and talk comics and stuff like that with more people. They, uh, that's, uh, that's how I found out about you. I know I saw you at combo conventions and things like that. And I heard your podcast and I was like, Oh shoot, I want to be on that show. I want to talk to those ladies. <laughs>
0: exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. You guys, thank you so much for listening. The way station is back. We'll be, um, our shows will be up every Monday, uh, every week now. Um, regardless of whether it's just me or me and Megan or me and Dave, it's my promise to you. So thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week and until then keep it indie.